With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet. Every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us. Jesus! God and baby. Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Page, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. Your company that comes on first this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together like my nuts. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. The shit is bananas, well, this is Mr. Insanity, Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. It's Greg Excellent, here to drag in the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn, he has this muted. You should be listening to it. He's a man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga a little bit of a cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but now look at that guy, you know, fuck that. Black dude, out. This bullshit, man. <laughs> Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza
Welcome to the Yakuza Kick Radio Hot Tag Podcast Collaboration Show. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris, along with Shaheen, Boxman in the Cut. And we actually have a little guest tonight. Um, you know, some big changes going on in CZW, and uh, a lot of different opinions are flying around. A lot of the longtime fans are pretty upset. There's not many longer-time fans out there than there is Cookie Man Steve. He's synonymous with CZW. Um, what's going on, Steve? Oh, not much. Just enjoying the weekend. Nice weather we've been having. Getting some rain, too. Right. Um, so what's your, you know, beginning story with CZW? How did you get into CZW, and, you know, when did you start going? Well, the last couple of years of ECW's operation, uh, 99, 2000, and January of 2001, I was going to their shows on a regular basis. And, of course, I would always hear fans in the crowd talking about this other promotion out of Jersey where they were lighting people on fire, going to plate class, hitting each other with light tubes, and also read about it in World of Wrestling magazine, but I never got a chance to go to one of their shows. So, basically, after ECW folded in January of 2001, the original ECW, not Vince McMahon's, of course, mm-hmm. um... I had to find another outlet to watch uh, Hardcore. And um, at that time, I think in March of that year, they were having shows in Dover, Delaware. Uh, They called them Wednesday Night Wars at Froggy's Bar Grill. And there was no wrestling going on on television on um, Wednesday nights at that time. So being that Dover was only an hour's drive from me, I thought I'd check them out. Went to see that show, and I've been hooked since then. Yeah. Yeah, it's it surprising. I really never knew when you started going. I started going a month before you did, actually, in uh, um, February 2001, crushing the competition. Okay. I think yeah, the show um, I went to was uh, Destruction in Delaware, I believe the show was called, if I remember right. In Dover, right? Yes, correct. Destruction in Dover, I think. Um, but yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what hooked you into CZW? Obviously you're a big ECW fan. You know, what was the CZW aura that you fell in love with? Cause I know what it was for me and what it's being painted as now, but what was it that really hooked you in and made you, uh, you know, a fan that couldn't miss a show? Basically it was seeing them do stuff a little bit more hardcore. Of course, term now is ultra-violent. The term back then was ultra-violent then, too. I mean, I remember Justice Payne putting a giant flower pot on White Beater's head at one show and knocking it out, off, just breaking it to bits with a, a chair. And, of course, June Kasai's uh, incident at uh, Smyrna, Delaware, where um, he got cut so bad you could see his elbow yeah. skin and everything. Unbelievable. Un- correct. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Uh, but it, it was also the high flying. I mean, at that time, Rick Blade was doing like uh, jumps off the rider truck on the Trent Acid, putting them through tables and stuff. And I was like, man, I was like, of course, he was doing a swan time. So that mm-hmm. upped the ante a little bit more than what New Jack was doing with his dodge. He just dove right off. He didn't do a flip dive mm-hmm. or anything like that. So it was, it, that, that definitely had me hooked, those things. Right. So, you know, 
obviously, you know, wrestling was still a big part of CZW throughout. It's not really the the amount of wrestling or anything that's going on right now. But, you know, what has changed as of recently that you've seen that's really turned you off to the product? Definitely the toning down of the violence, the ultra-violence. I mean, well, of course, we've always had an issue with light tubes, even when, when it was in the um, arena, you know, because of flying, you know, glass, half of a light tube flying into the crowd and stuff like that. But it's just been like a, a almost want to call it CZW light now because it seems like certain weapons aren't getting used as much. You know, you're not, I don't know. I don't think we're seeing as much bob wire. I mean, even recently, I don't believe it was last year's, but it might have been the year before during Tangled Web, where they're supposed to use bob wire and, like, some form of web. Mm-hmm. They didn't even have any Tangled Webs at that one two years right. ago. Why even Why even call it that if you're not even going to have any bob wire in the match? Exactly, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And, you know, now they've taken the full turn and, um, you know, they've removed the barbed wire from their actual logo. Um, they've now sold part of the company to Dave Marquez out in California. And, um, I mean, you've said yourself that, you know, this might be the last year of you attending CZW. I'm hoping it's not, but it, it's that it's been a lot of, you know, a, I don't know. I, I'm hearing, I'm not going to say certain names right now, but I've been hearing a lot of cry, what I consider cry-baby-ishness from the certain wrestlers in the locker room where I didn't hear that stuff back in the past. You know, I didn't hear that stuff coming from Chris Cash or Ruckus or Trent or any of them. You know, it's just I'm hearing, I'm hearing certain wrestlers like, oh, I can't believe the fans are booing me and they're you know, they're throwing toilet paper at me and stuff like that. It's just total right. disrespect. And, you know, well, one of the things that makes CZW what it is, um, the fans can boo or cheer whoever they want. You don't have to be a baby face or a heel to get booed or cheered in mm-hmm. CZW, which is kind of the way it was in ECW, too. And if they're throwing toilet paper at you instead of streamers, it should give you kind of a hint that... um your matches aren't that all that fantastic to the fans, and maybe you need to up your ante a little bit on what you're doing. You might you must be doing something they don't find interesting. Yeah, I um, don't know. You even had the uh, the incident with David Starr, who was um yeah, that was a big oh, thing. Boy. They really tried to <laughs> you know pull you guys into the spotlight as as you guys were the um you know the anti semites of the crowd and. And, and you were, you know, um, completely racist and, and all of those different things. And I don't know if that was part of a turning point where you really saw the sensitivity in CZW forming. But um, you know, what's your thoughts on that situation? Well, I can understand where David Starr is coming from. I mean, when he took his trip to Germany, his, his eyes were awoken about a lot of things that happened in concentration camps and stuff like that. And I... I am completely not racist. I'm not anti-Semitic of any kind. Any, anybody that knows me real good knows I, I treat people, anybody as a human being first before I treat them as a 
color, religion, etc. Mm-hmm. And um, it basically, I mean, somewhere down the line, everybody on this earth came from the same ancestor somewhere. So, you know, it's, it's before we're actually a race, we're a human race, before we're any other black, white, red, yellow, etc. And I, I don't know if David Starr was trying to use this as a gimmick to get him over because the one night that he said something to the uh, corner that, I, you know, me and some others sit on, on the microphone, I noticed he, as soon as he said what he had to say, he threw his mic down and he went over to a, a, another corner of people that always cheer for him. So I don't know if he was doing that to actually get a pop from them purposely and get mm-hmm. over on the DVD or for television or not, but... I truly don't have anything against David Starr. What we were doing was just gimmicks. You know, he would come out, and you know, had, you know how you hear Jews or Penny Pinchers, and we, you know, throw change at him or something like that. But um, I mean, I got a bit of Italian in my blood, and it's, it's no different, in my opinion, than the crowd yelling the the things they were back in the day at the uh, full blooded Italian and ECW, the Where's My Pizza chant, stuff right. like that. So it's just the crowd trying to get under your skin, but whether it's good or bad chant, it's still getting you over. You know, I, I don't have nothing against Star. I thought his matches at that year, that was last year, at last year's Best of the Best, were some of the greatest matches he had. Absolutely. I mean, I'm glad he did it. He did advance. Of course, he didn't win it. Gresham won it, but he, he got that far. He's really been working. He's worked hard. And basically, myself and some of the uh, people I hang with, we we were one of the ones that started the um, look at it chance uh, before any before any of the other crowds did. I remember him working in a merchandise table at one of Tommy Dreamer's uh, shows in Philadelphia at that time, the CZW table. And we were in the crowd, and I remember one of the matches getting so boring at that show that we just turned our attention to the merchandise table and started chanting, look at it, and he just soaked it all in. Completely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's de- I mean, there's definitely been a tremendous amount of sensitivity that's set in, and indie wrestling as a whole, CZW is no stranger to that. And, you know, back in the day... Uh, you know, they used to yell, you know, cashmere sucks dick before we even knew that cashmere actually did suck dick. And uh, yeah. he took it in stride. It was, you know, part of his gimmick, and he just rolled with it. True, true. So, pretty crazy. Steve, I, I thought it was interesting you mentioned uh, Tangled Web, because I think on the last show that Jay and I did, we actually mentioned Tangled Web not being Tangled Web anymore. And um, yeah. even even the one from two years ago, you know, with like OI4K against, you know, the Nation of Intoxication. Great fucking match. Insane. But missing the web. And even last year, I think last year was probably the worst one because there was barely any barbed wire. And um, yeah. not only did they take the barbed wire out of the logo, I mean, I wasn't at Evolution, but I just watched it today. There was no ultraviolence in Evolution at all. You know, like even wow. the doors match that was between, um, you know, Schlack and Dan O'Hare and Masada. Against you know the, uh, Matt Tremont, G Raver, and um, Stockade, whatever the fuck. 
Um, that that was just a straight doors match. I was expecting some gusset plates, you know, something that gave it that CZW feel, and it was just a plain old just doors match. No ultra violence at all on the last show, so it's kind of eye opening. Exactly, and that that's another thing the toning down. I'm like, where did these door matches come out of all of a sudden? Those, those doors are like super thin; they're not even as thick as going through a table. And I'm like. I'd rather see like if the tables get used than the ring in these doors. These doors just fall apart like they're, I don't know, super cheap plywood or something. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I see people, I enjoy seeing people take a bump through anything, but it doesn't look like this majorly would hurt. Not that I want anybody to get hurt, but. If it's if it's going to be ultra violent, it should look like it would be something that hurts. Like yeah, the, the doors are hollow core, and I had heard years ago. Um, I actually saw them start showing up at like shindy shows before I started seeing them at anywhere else. And the clear reason was tables are way more expensive. So I, I understand it to a certain extent, but it is a pretty big downgrade when you're trying to be some kind of international company or whatever, and now you're taking a the cheap way out on tables. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely a downgrade from a company that's been known as using gusset plates, um, weed whackers, light tubes, you know, things that a lot of other promotions weren't even using and stuff or wouldn't probably even think about. Right. Yeah. Um, Steve, you mentioned something else. Uh, I believe that, you know, you and I and Jake had, and you had this uh, same conversation. So it's, you know, Let's shed some light on that. As far as uh, storylines, the lack of storylines, I mean, we talked about, you know, Jake Crist and Sammy Callahan going at it and, you know, Jake kissing him for the last, like, four months, and now they're uh, finally, like, tag-teaming with each other. I mean, there's no storylines at all that, that you see continuation in. Um, I think that's that's a big part of what's turning people off, not just the ultraviolence. It's just nothing making sense. Um, what are your thoughts on that as far as CCW goes today? Yeah, that incident in itself, I don't know if I, I try to keep up on everything. Um, just Not just the shows, but I try to keep watching every promo that's like put on the website or something. And when they were working that storyline and all of a sudden at Evolution, their tag team partners out of the blue, I was like, did I miss a promo or something? I'm like, where, you know, this storyline just completely changed and there's been other storylines. Another one that stands out more or less in my head was the um, when Niles was still with uh, CZW right towards his end. There was supposed to be a storyline started up between him and Pepper Park before Pepper left, where um, there was a promo where he ended up grabbing Sherry's uh, backside back in uh, the locker room area, and there was supposed to be this the storyline of matches between the two of them eventually. I think it got through one match between the two of them, and that was about it. I'm like, you know, you start off a great storyline, and you only have, like, one match come out of it. You could drag it out a little longer. So it's just been, like, storylines that look like they're going to be something worth watching and good because and just get dropped. Because I think that was right after... Niles had been in that year's, or the year before his cage of death. And after he finished that, he didn't really have a story, a new storyline to start. And that was supposed to be it. And then it just got dropped out of nowhere. 
Yeah. Yeah, and even, you know, as of recently, uh, Joey Janela finishes his match with Matt Tremont, quits CZW, says, fuck DJ, walks out. A couple months later, he's fighting everybody on the internet, defending CZW, and coming back to wrestle Leo. So it's like, that was a quick turnaround. To to this day, I'm not sure if that was supposed to be a work on all of us or not. I don't know if that was for real or... I'm still wondering about that, so... Um, last time we had DJ on the show, he's, he said, I mean, the whole Janela thing is, is an absolute work, but um, still uh, the fact that, you know, he's he's supposed to be leaving the company, if you're really working the people, and then, you know, at the same time, he's he's going on fans, you know, uh, you know, reviews of the show, and this, that, and a third, and leaving comments saying, oh, if you don't like it, just stop going to the show. It's like, well, dude, if you're trying to sell people on it, you were there a month ago bashing the company and bashing DJ, now you're here defending him. And it just, I don't know, I'm just, I just hate all that stuff. I just hate any wrestlers trying to, you know, uh, like dictate the fans' opinions. Like, people are paying to go in. I don't care well, if you've been going 12 years or not, you know? Same shit. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous to say, if you don't like it, stop going to the show, okay? I grew up in, on Star Wars movies. I like just about all of them. But, of course, the fourth one that everybody dumped on because of the Jar Jar Binks thing, and I didn't like Jar Jar Binks either, just because I didn't like that Star Wars movie doesn't mean I'm not going to continue to watch the rest of them. Everybody has some bad shows and bad matches, but just because you criticize that movie or that particular show, you know, it seems it seems like if that's a, you know you're not allowed to voice your opinion about that, and the, the locker room, somebody in the locker room gets offended by it. Uh, there we go with like, what I was saying, the crybaby-ishness. Like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah. the, whole, the whole crybaby thing, we've, I think we've beat that down every, every week probably for the past couple of months. But, I mean, Joe Gacy, you know, arguing with the fans, whether it's on the Internet or in person, to say, you know, oh, stop booing me. You guys aren't, you know, supporting me. You guys aren't real fans. And him, he said it several times, telling fans to stop coming to the shows. I mean, that really turned me off, Joe Gacy being being the champion. And um, I never really had an issue with the guy until he became champion. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just not feeling it at all. And, and um, that's, I don't know, man, just going live on Facebook and, you know, having his mom walk in on the promo and, and in the mid-promo telling his mom to leave the room because he's cutting the promo. It's just, it's all <laughs> shitty shit, you know. And if you're, trying to, if you're trying to go worldwide, man, I mean, this kid going on, on fucking Facebook and arguing with fans is, is the last thing you probably want for your company. And and that whole deal with him calling out that one guy for that street fight and everything, and then having that street fight look like it was so big, was, <laughs> yeah. in my in my in my opinion, that that really seemed like it was reaching. Yeah, yeah it sure is. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, I mean the whole thing as far as the uh, you know wrestlers telling fans how they can feel and go somewhere else if you don't like it. I mean, it kind of goes both ways. It's it's pretty. Um, you know, one-sided to say that, okay, we put out a product and, you know, that's that's what it is. And if you don't like it, go somewhere else. However, if you put out an opinion and they don't like it, they don't go somewhere else. They tell you to stop having that opinion. That's like saying stop having CZW shows because I don't like it. Like, <laughs> that, that's not exactly what I'm saying. I mean, even if I hope for their failure, that's a different subject. Um, right. I, I think, you know, I, I don't think they should shut down because I don't like it. And that's kind of what they're telling you with your opinion is, you know, say nothing and go somewhere else. Like, I don't know. 
No, I def I don't want to see him close down. I I really don't want to see him tone it down. Really, because I mean, you can't forget what what was one of the main things that got that promotion to the game, and that was one of the things that got that promotion to the game and noticed by people was the was the ultra violence. Yeah, I mean it, they have great they have great technical matches too and great high flying things, but you know. Don't forget where you came from. Right. And I think they're they're badass edge, even above the ultra violence, just that edge of the dangerousness and that, that outlaw type feel is what made CZW what it was. Exactly. Exactly. Um, what about Tournament of Death and Cage of Death? Do you see those shows going away? Um, I mean, there's a lot of rumors that the last TOD was the last one. Um, you know, with there being a new partnership, do you see that going away, or do you think that's something that CZW... Um, I mean, they, they've built off of you know Cage of Death and Tournament of Death. That's that's the big big marquee show. So I don't see it going. I don't away. think I, I don't think I see that going away because those are their two, those are probably their two biggest money makers. Right. And to really turn your back on them would really be putting like the last couple nails in the coffin of the company, in my opinion. Um, I do see it probably getting toned down. We'll probably never see another cage of death like that fifth one again with the one ring that had like a million thumbtacks in it the uh, new Jack making that guest appearance out of nowhere I mean I've, I've seen some wild stuff over the years that I never thought I would be anywhere and it was CZW that brought it to us and I would like to continue to hopefully see them bring us new things I mean when Masada brought Gusset plates in for the first time, I had never seen that before. Him and him and Danny Havoc tore that match up. That was like a real incredible match. And then he had the one with June Kasai that was even more sick when Kasai took that shot to the face with the Gusset plate. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was yeah, it was crazy. That was the worst. What about um Sammy taking over booking? Um Obviously, he's only really done one show. Evolution, I guess, was his first one. Um, I'm not sure if he had any hands in uh, TOD. But uh, where do you see him taking the direction? Because apparently he wants to make it the next like PWG of the East Coast. I hope I hope he takes it in a good direction. Uh, we're talking about a guy that went to a WWE next. So I'm sure he's heard, while he was down there wrestling, I'm sure he heard great ideas from different people, and he's, he's probably got a load of stuff that he's heard that he would probably try to like and, and to try and see ZW that it would help. Um, a personal story, I remember going to one of the Ohio shows with the locker room one time, and I remember on the way back um, riding in the van, DJ was driving and Sammy was in the uh, passenger seat. I was in one of the back seats of the van, and... Um, Sammy was writing down ideas for future shows at that time. This was before he went to Nets. And um, when we would stop for something to eat, like uh, Steak and Shake, uh, which is big in Ohio, um, he gave the list to DJ while we were eating there. DJ DJ looked it over. He uh, put checks or marks by the things he did like, put comments about stuff that still needed some work. As soon as we got finished our food and back in the van um sammy was right back to work again uh working on the uh ideas that dj said needed working on so 
evidently, Sammy uh, has had ideas for CZW before, and they, DJ thought they were great and told him so, then told him what needed working on. So I think they do work great together. So I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed and hoping that it, it does make a change in the right direction. Yeah. I think the one main issue I've, I've had with uh, CZW the past few years is that there's no commitment. Um, you'll see a great show. Like, I remember, uh, I guess, what was it, last year, Down With The Sickness was, was an absolute insane card, you know, with Leo Rush and, and Joey Janela in the main event. And then, you know, the, the following right. four four months, it's just absolute just garbage, you know. And then they'll have one great show, and then the next one, you're like, oh, you get hyped for it. And you go there, and, and it's absolute disappointment. And even if they want to move towards more of, like, a corporate direction and go global, quote-unquote, um, you know, you want to do shows with progress and have – you know, uh, WXW bring their title to Jersey and defend it. That, like, that's all cool. But if you're 100% dedicated to doing that, then when you see the same guys going to an ECWA show and SWF, you know, drawing like 40 people, and you see Joe Gacy trying to do an angle with ECWA in 2017, it just it doesn't make sense. You have to find a balance. You have to choose either you want to go global or you want to, you know, do some shindy shit. And um, that's always kind of just rubbed me the wrong way, just not having any dedication towards either or. It's just kind of trying to do things a month at a time and see where it goes and just it, it never really works out. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um I don't really have any comment on that. Yeah. Uh I've, it, uh being that um Dave has bought into the company now, Marquez, um I'm I'm thinking that this had something to do with getting CZW on television. I don't know where I read it, or maybe it might have been a rumor that got to my ear that he's got connections to get on television in different states. So if that does happen and CCW gets on television, you know, the wrestlers are going to have to really stick to their storylines with CCW. And if they are still in other independents, they, they can't be going to. Like if you have, if you're Joe Gacy and you have a match against say David Starr one month and, and CZW and it starts a storyline between them. You can't like have a match in another promotion um, like ECWA, the two guys that kind of takes away from that storyline because it's a whole different promotion and it wouldn't fit in with the promotion they're trying to stick with that is on television. Do you see where I'm coming from? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. With, with a guy like Joe Gacy, that's a tough one because, I mean, if, if he works 90% shindies and then, you know, they put him in a big role in CZW, that's hard to balance or make him look legitimate in, in that one company. I mean, there's other guys right. who can keep the consistency of a gimmick going, but, I mean, Joe isn't, isn't booked for really a ton of top companies to really even protect his image. Right. So. Yeah. All right, well, maybe I maybe I should have said a different name. Maybe that was a bad example. <laughs> it's all right, man. I was just saying, you know, <laughs> like like him for instance, it is a little bit tough, but um you know, I and I understand what you're saying completely. I mean, Dave Marquez seems to from what I hear have a really good handle on getting products on TV. And um I mean, that Hollywood wrestling shit is crap, but I mean, if CZW is able to keep their same cast of characters, and allow his influence to help them get on TV, it could be a positive thing. Yeah. 
So who knows? Well, hey, Steve, man, greatly appreciate you coming on the show. Um, it's definitely been fun. And uh, I'll be seeing you at shows. I don't know how long I'll be going to uh, CZW, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited for August 5th, though. So thank you again for coming well, on the show. On another note, I did say this might be my last year with them. I'm going to try to at least give them to the next anniversary show. I know the January shows are following Combat Center always kind of dead, but I'd like to probably at least give it till next February and see if the anniversary show comes off good. Well, uh, maybe I'll just work it from there and see if I keep going or not. Yeah, I predict you're not going anywhere because you're <laughs> about as loyal as they come, but we'll see. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> it's all good, well, man. Well, thanks for... Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I had an awesome time. Anytime, man. Thanks for coming on. All right, man. Later. Later. All right. Well, J-Cat, I got to watch Evolution. I know we kind of talked about it last week. Uh, One thing that I'm going to obviously mention, dude, there was absolutely no ultraviolence at all, which (laughs) I was shocked because I thought, you know, Schlack, Matt Tremont, all those guys in the same match with Masada, um, tons of plus, blood in that match, but plus doors. I mean, <laughs> right, right. You know, tons of uh, tons of fucking weapons and shit, but just nothing ultra violent. You could literally do that match anywhere, and I, I get it. They're trying to go like kind of PG, maybe PG thirteen. You know, but it just I don't know because they announced it as ultra violence. You know, in the commentary they keep talking about ultra violence this, ultra violence that, and then it's like no doors. That's it, doors. Right. You know, right. Not yeah, much. it's tough. I mean, it's going to be a hard sell if they're going to keep it kind of light. I mean, when you got guys like Schlack and Masada in the match, there's going to be some level of violence to it. I don't care if they're wrestling with fucking pillows. But, um, yeah, I mean, just the element of ultra violence is going to be downgraded quite a bit in the skate zone, especially, like I said, when you got to compare to across state, the wrestling in razors and fucking pools of alcohol. That's, I mean, there's not going to be any comparison you know but um i mean it just definitely seems like they're trying to lean towards the softer side of things so i don't know yeah i can't i can't recall the last czw show that didn't have any violence at all you know maybe like a best of the best here and there but yeah typically they have at least one match Mm-hmm. I'm trying to, you know, do my best to just kind of lean on the side of like not taking people like Joey Janelle's words too seriously because, you know, he's not the guy running the company. So, I mean, he could, you know, just decide I really want to piss the people on the Internet off and just argue to the side that will piss them off. But when it comes down to it, CZW is going to have to figure out what works. And sometimes, you know, they toy around with things for a little bit. Man, shit has really dropped off since we, you know, haven't done any big ultra violent stuff. And I mean, look at it. The, the very next show has one of the biggest ultra violent bookings of all time. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, you never know. Just play it by ear and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, if they are gonna stop the ultra violence, though, I think they got lucky with the Onita thing because that's like a kind of a, a real nice way to cap it off. And um, yeah. I can't think of a better guy to, to, to you know, wrap it up basically with uh. The ultra violence, at least from a month to month basis, than than Tremont, because you know he's going to go all out for that match. So, right. You know. And I look at it like this: you got, um, you got Onita and Tremont at August. In September, at the very least, you have Danny Havoc and Alex Colon in a fucking ladders and whatever kind of other shit match goes on. Yeah. That match is going to be crazy. There's no, I mean, if it was only ladders, that match would still be holy shit bumps throughout the match. I mean it. 
So you got two months marked off there. You know, you got October, November. I don't know if they squeeze a tangled web thing in there somewhere. I honestly hope they skip it and then bring it up later in the future. And then, um, you know, Cage of Death is right around the corner. That's true. That is true. All right. Well, we got a we got a ton of fucking uh, questions here. Awesome. And if you wanna if you wanna ever ask questions, if you're listening, uh, <clears throat> either go to you know JCat's main you know Facebook page. I usually tag him in there. Or you can find it at uh, facebook.com slash group slash THD podcast. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be a question. Any topics that we may have missed that you want to hear about, uh, whether it's now or from the past, um, we'd be happy to go over it. On that note, um, if anyone does want to add me on Facebook, it's completely fine. I'm not against adding people or anything. that, But like, shoot me a message. Interact with me in some way. Don't just be like a random person who just winds up on my Facebook for no reason. Because I, I just... I'm a little bit more picky about that. If I've never talked to you before, I don't know your name, I don't know anything, I don't just randomly add people. So just, hey, like the show, fucking send me a request, and we're all good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something. Right. I have to we look got, uh, mutual friends and whatnot. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's always creepy when it's like one mutual friend, and it's like somebody from like another Yeah, those don't happen. a different language. It's like, oh, I don't know about some, that. <laughs> yeah, some half-naked chick, and the only other person that's friends with him is like Schlack. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's not a real profile, but yeah, definitely. Uh, we got a uh, Ryan uh, on the Facebook says, "Where do you guys think Austin Aries will go once his non-compete is up with the WWE? Uh, does he latch on with a company like Impact, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and Ring of Honor, or do, does he run the indie gauntlet with like you know Cody Rhodes, Leo Rush, kind of like guys like that?" <sighs> I I mean, for the most part, I usually see people siding with the indie gauntlet at least first. You know, they take a bunch of bookings, run around, do all of that shit for a minute. And then before you know it, you see them inked up with somebody. I mean, I guess it just depends on who makes the biggest deal. But um, he'll probably run the indie gauntlet at least first, I would think. Yeah, I mean, you're going to see that guy doing uh, probably like a Wrestle Pro. Um, they're typically like one of the first companies to pick pick the you know big guys. Like uh, I forgot Jack Swagger was out. You know, like like they brought him in, Ryback they did. So basically, anybody that leaves WWE, you're gonna see him in Wrestle Pro for the next couple of months. But um, where is Jack Swagger? Is he anywhere? Like oh, uh, dude, he disappeared. That's Solid now, like yeah. Because I I didn't know if there was like no compete stuff that he he's been kind of away for a while. I don't even know how long it's been, but I expected him to show up in like a big role somewhere. I mean, whether it be TNA that I don't watch or Lucha Underground that I don't watch. Right. I mean, it could be anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely been three months. Okay. The no, no compete calls are usually three months, so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he's probably the type of guy that just wants a lot of money, and, and, you know, promoters probably don't necessarily need him on the card. I don't think he's, like, a big name to draw. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like TNA or somebody would be all over it, though. Yeah, yeah like a TNA, now Global Force, whatever. Uh, I can see him up there. I even thought maybe New Japan. I, I don't know, because he's kind of, he's a big dude. He can probably adapt to the stiff style if he oh, wants yeah. to. Um, a Ring of Honor, I don't really see that happening. You know, Lucha Underground, I think. I, think I can see Ring of Honor fast. using them. I mean, you know, since the, uh, I think since they went like the Bully Ray route, anything that's goes. True. You know, <laughs> anything goes. Once yeah, that's like a guy that Ring of Honor has, then fuck it. And he was a champion. He was a fucking champion. Yeah. Who was? I think Bully Ray was, wasn't he? Was the Ring of Honor champion? I think so. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I, I don't watch it, so I would. I could be wrong. I haven't watched it, but from what I can recall, I, I thought I read that. Okay. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, uh, Christopher Daniels got it when he was like when he turned like fifty, <laughs> okay, yeah. which is which was nice because it was like the, uh, you know, it was like an anniversary show or something. You know, it was probably nice, but um, anything goes in Ring of Honor right now. I think ROH is just kind of up in the air, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I'd, I'd like to catch on with it eventually. Sure. Uh, we got Eric J on the Facebook says, "Who from the WWE needs to leave and do what Cody did? Basically, do the Indies and try to." make a name for himself on the indies. I mean, Dolph Ziggler, I'd love to see on the fucking indies. Yeah. I think that dude would be a maniac yeah. on the indies. Um, I mean, that's one that's always jumped out because he's just a, he's a bump machine. The dude, he's crazy in the ring. So, I mean, I think that's one. I think, I think Kofi Kingston would be bananas on the fucking indies. I'm not like, you know, no racial pun there or anything, but yeah, I think he'd, uh, <laughs> I think he'd be fucking off the chain. You know, that crazy handstand shit? I mean, man, forget it. Off the chain, too, man. Jesus, man. You're making racist points. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that one that I didn't even see. I didn't even, I didn't even notice that one as I said it. <laughs> but, um, but no, I mean, you know, stuff with him and fucking Osprey and stuff. I mean, they'd come up with all sorts of crazy creative shit. Yeah. I think what he means is uh, guys that, that aren't necessarily being used well, if that's what he's talking about. And if, if that is what he's talking about, I would say probably a guy like... Uh, Maybe Sammy, even like Sammy Zayn, has been booked to shit in WWE. I know he's making probably good money, but he's a guy that I can see leaving for two years and making a bigger name for himself, kind of like what Sammy did. Sammy's gonna eventually go back, you know what I mean? And he'll be worth more. Um, so I think they kind of always respect guys that walk away from it too. So a Sammy Zayn, I wouldn't be surprised if you see leaving for a year or two, uh, maybe doing some some New Japan, especially since Ring of Honor has. You know, some kind of relationship with New Japan, but uh, I don't know who else. Uh, Austin Aries, I never gave a shit about, really, to be honest with you. Even even nah. it's prime, I just I never nah. So I'm I'm not legitimately excited to see that at all. I don't care about that. But I think I, number one is Dolph Ziggler, though. I mean, yeah. he's a PWG dude. Are you fucking? That's yeah. just that needs to happen before he retires. So. He's an easy one for me. Um, the thing is, is. I mean, you go down the list, and now WWE is so full of indie guys. I mean, to just, you know, pick one of them and go send them back to the indies, like, eh, I don't think that's quite as exciting as, you know, what would a WWE star fill in the blanks look on the indie scene? You know what I mean? Because half of these guys, we've seen them on the indie scene. Yeah. I guess. But uh, second one, which indie star is the next to jump to WWE? Uh, I think Adam Cole uh, is obvious. Um, Adam Cole. I mean, he left the Bullet Club. Typically, when they leave the Bullet Club, that's like you know, yeah, right, well, that's that's the send off. Yeah. Uh, probably Joey Janela once again. If he if he gets in the gym and you know build some, not a chance. Some... <laughs> it's not a chance. Um, I don't know a guy like Joey. I can definitely see if he not right. Joey's got charisma. He's willing to go above and beyond and kill himself in the ring. No one's going to ever doubt that, but he doesn't have the work ethic to get himself in shape. Um he he kind of prides himself on being a train wreck. He's too into doing that goofball shit for the the teenage boys. He says, you know, 75% of his audience are teenage boys. So as long as that's his core audience, there's not a chance of him stepping up and actually, you know, doing something that's going to impress impress you know big businessmen and get him you know where he could be so i i can't imagine all the teenage bad boys 75 percent of my that's such an rf video statement i don't understand what the fuck 
Newsflash, guys, he tells me. Newsflash, guys. 75% of my fans are teenage boys. It's like, dude, I don't know why you type that shit and hit enter. I have no idea why you hit send on that one. Yeah, that's but okay. All right. Um, I can definitely see like a Will Ospreay eventually going to WWE. But he's got he's got a ton of fucking concussions and injuries, dude. For like being like a 22-year-old. Um, I remember he had, he did an interview where he was talking about he had like 15, 16 concussions and he's only been wrestling like two years. So, yeah, yeah I don't crazy. I don't know if they want to touch that at all. Um, I mean, there's some of those those obvious guys, you know, the Bucks and and Kenny Omega and you know Osprey and Ricochet and I just don't know. A lot of them have had the interest and just chosen not to go. But I mean, those guys are clear all day guys if they had the chance. If WWE had the chance, I should say. Yeah, I mean, if, if I had to choose one and say the next next one that's definitely going to get signed is Adam Cole, just because it's it's been rumored. I mean, he's he's you know said he's been interested, um, and they're bringing in everyone now, so it's it, nothing is a surprise really. I mean, <laughs> you look at the roster, man. You've never seen a roster like this before with indie guys. Yeah, all over the place. Um, yeah, that's the last one from him, I believe. Okay. All right. We got another one from uh, Ryan. The Lucha Brothers, who is Pentagon Jr. in uh, Phoenix. He, he says, are the indie darlings forever or eventually WWE bound? I mean, I think they're awesome. I'm, I'm glad you told me who the fuck the Lucha Brothers are because by that name, I had no idea. But, um, yeah, the, I mean, the two of them are awesome. So, yeah, I can imagine they'd make it anywhere. I mean, it just depends on if the WWE finds a spot for them that they want to put him in and want them to succeed. The tag team division is kind of up and down on whether they care if it even exists. So, and I haven't watched WWE for a long time, but it's kind of always been that way. Um, so I don't know. I mean, as single stars, I think they do a lot better than they would tag teams because the WWE is just not built for tag team success, really. Yeah, I honestly, I, I don't see them going there anytime soon, especially if they don't speak much English. Um, a guy like Nakamura, I can understand because he had such, you know, hype behind him. But uh, as much as I love, like, Pentagon, he's not, like, he's not fucking burning the place down, you know what I mean? He's not moving merch like, you know, a Bullet Club was and shit like that. Um, those guys, I can see them more in, like, a TNA going there, doing that for a while. Ring of Honor, I wouldn't, I would, obviously, that's a, that's a good one. Um, New Japan, you know, New Japan always had a good relationship with, like, Luchas. Um, I can see them up there. Jushin Liger and Pentagon. I mean, I'd love to see that eventually. Probably like at a PWG, um, realistically speaking. But. In like the Britney Spears skirt or in another attire? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What the fuck was that, man? <laughs> I have no fucking idea, man. You think that Gay was a decent just... picture? You, or you think oh, that's, that's legit, old? man. That's legit. No, I know it's legit. I'm saying, is it is it an old picture or you think it's a new one? Oh, I have no idea when he decided to dress like Britney Spears. <laughs> Definitely wasn't around him that weekend. <laughs> yeah. I don't uh, shit. <laughs> I look at the Jushin Thunder Liger newsletter, so I don't really know exactly yeah. when that happened. But yeah, you gotta, you gotta sign up on that one. It's it's unbelievable how much gay shit pours out of the fucking wrestling business. Yeah. We also have uh, Leo on the Facebook says, "What are your thoughts on Cannonball versus Deppin at On Point?" Uh, I, I mean. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, I like both guys that are, like, decent, but, like, I, I don't really follow them uh, enough to say I'm a huge fan of them. Um, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Uh, who do you think will be the mystery opponent for G. Raver at, on point? 
Uh, that I, I don't know if Matt Tremont has a, has a match on that card. If he doesn't, I mean, that's probably a good matchup. Nah, I'm going Gage or Slack. Yeah, which would be good. I mean, either one. Gage, Gage, I I can see going back to on point. He's got a good rep- Um, he's got a good um relationship with those guys. I don't know why I lost that word, but he's got a good relationship with those guys. And on interviews, he's even said he's he'll go back there and stuff. So it's not really like a closed door like CCW has been. So I have a feeling it's only a matter of time, and this could easily be it. And Schlack, I don't think he's worked over there yet. So why not? Yeah. Uh, Brian Lowe on the Facebook says, how much does an indie star make per night and per year? I mean, that's... A- $89, and, uh, I mean, how the fuck do I know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't, <laughs> you could be a guy like Adam Cole probably making six figures, or you could be a guy like Joe Gacy, which, you know, you probably have to have a real job to get by. I mean, uh, that's a tough question, because... Yeah, I mean, there's guys who do varying levels of success some people that i have no idea why they don't have a regular job or how they don't have a regular job and then there's other people that just do so well like the young bucks make crazy fucking money yeah even a guy like david richards like he's i'm sure you know even though he was an emt you know like he even that shows you you know he had a bob evans um if you read the stuff that he types i have no idea where he's really even wrestled i know he's wrestled like ring of honor and stuff but the stuff that he types, he's, like, tremendously successful somehow. He's just, like, an ultimate businessman. He just knows how to, like, properly handle himself within the business and market himself and do this and that and, and turn it into having money. I, I don't know, but he's one of those guys that will baffle you with, you know, his level of success and, and being comfortable within the wrestling business and, and not be, you know, the young bucks or anything like that. Yeah. and I mean, you know. Once again, I'm not Mad Wolf here. I'm not. I'm not in the business just because I'm at a show. So I don't know what these guys' accounts look like. I mean, that's you know, that's a that's a tough question to ask. Well, you should try being a little bit more international on your off time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll get into their bank accounts unless you know how much they're making. But uh, let's go to the next one. Brian Lowe, uh, no, Smart actually says, uh, "How can I improve the photos that I take at indie events?" As a friend. <laughs> Yeah, look, I I don't know. Um, yeah, I know there's a later question that'll force us into this topic a little heavier, so I'll just leave it vague. And you know, look, I'm no photographer on the level of you know, um, you know, Lyle has done it for years, and Hamhead, and uh, uh, Drew Chaos, and uh, you know, all of those other guys have done really, really well with it. But um, I I mean. Some of the stuff that's just put out there with watermarks and stuff, it, it should have just been deleted off your camera. I mean, if you can't just have an eye for it to go like, that's not good enough. Snap a few and then like pick one out of those few. You know what I mean? Like if you shoot 900 pictures at a show, it should probably come down to 150 by the time you're done to put those up. So yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, that's that's just like, you know, some people have like a very critical eye. I know this question wasn't even like legitimate, but um, <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to answer it as if it was. Um, I mean, you should have a critical eye on your own work too. So, you know, when other people look at it, they'll have some appreciation for it. That's what makes that other dude's pictures so goddamn funny because there'll be things that are completely out of focus. The wrestlers are both laying on the mat and there's this big giant watermark in the corner with a copyright symbol. It's like, who did you think was going to fucking steal that? (laughs) Accidentally takes a picture of the fucking floor. It's crazy. It's crazy as hell. 989, dude. That is fucking (laughs) insane if you're putting that many on Facebook. That is... 
That's yep. Uh, next one from Kyle M. Definitely want to hear you guys' thoughts on the Marquez thing with CCW. I mean, we kind of got into that with uh, Steve on there, but uh, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see what happens with him. I honestly, from from um, the post that the guy put up uh, that you know used to shoot uh, CCW, saying that Marquez has been ripping CCW all for a while and this, that, and the third. Um, it's been a. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. But yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a crazy move. Um, I I didn't know much about the guy. Um, he's been doing things for twenty years. Uh, I'm not gonna take any of that away from him. Yeah, uh, supposedly he used to run um, uh, NWA Hollywood or something. I, I don't know. I've lived in Jersey my whole life, so I don't know what the fuck NWA Hollywood is. But apparently he he ran that for years, and um, I guess later that kind of merged into the championship from Hollywood deal. But he's been doing things within the wrestling business for supposedly about 20 years. And um, so I guess he knows what he's doing in some aspect. Um, Nothing he's done has really um, surfaced for me to actually give a fuck about it. But, you know, fuck, man. If he's made himself enough business to go and buy part of another big company, eh, big as far as indies go, you know, I'm sure it wasn't a cheap transaction then fuck, man, he's got to be successful enough for something. And like I said, CCW with its own cast, with its own, you know, cast of characters, with someone a little bit more business-minded doing that end of things, it couldn't, it could be uh, not bad. Yeah, we'll see where it goes, man. I'm not a fan of the whole Hollywood wrestling and all that. Um, I've watched an episode or two, and I just, uh, it's shit to me. So if it's anything like that, um, I'm not going to be a fan of it. CCW, to be honest with you, man, I think they're going to continue to do like like good shows. You know what I mean? I don't think you're going to see absolute shit. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I just I'm not sure if, if that's the direction that I would want the CCW that I, you know, I've attended to go to. I just if it's going to be no death matches and, you know, can't yeah. fucking, you know, <laughs> throw paper towels at people, <laughs> streamers, <laughs> paper towels. Yeah. yeah, that's that's where it was going next is people would just go with the fucking the big paper towel roll. You know, it's like three, four rolls of, pa- <laughs> of toilet paper. Big fucking. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, the thing is, is I really think when it comes down to making money and, and taking the company here and there and then trying to monetize it, I, I think that that's going to have to play by ear. And if ultraviolence is what people are screaming for and that's where the money's at, they're going to fucking drift back towards that. I mean, this guy's not just going to take a completely bath in his money and, you know, fail because he's trying to make it WWE. I think that's more DJ's vision, but. This guy is definitely, I think, a foreigner to, you know, deathmatch style. So it's going to maybe take a little bit to figure out what works. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if he's had success, that's, that's good. I thought, I didn't know how, how long this guy's been doing it for. So, but I yeah. just, I don't know, man. I mean, CZ, it's, it's CZW under DJ, he's been, every, every time we've talked to him on the show, he's mentioned WWE. And that's, you know, that's exactly what he wants to do with an indie yeah. company. That's not realistic, though. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, you know, comparing Dojo Wars to NXT is uh, yeah, yeah, that's a disturbing statement. I, I, I can't not like be that, disturbed man. by that. Yeah, once you say some shit like that, man, you just kind of just shake your head at it, you know? Yeah. But, uh, all right, we got uh, we got another question from uh, Casey. Casey Bates, who says, uh, who is the oldest wrestler you've seen perform at an indie event, excluding Terry Funk? Hmm. I don't know. There's uh, a few. I mean, Demolition, <laughs> they were like 80 years old. 
Yeah, I mean, Nikolai Volkov just wrestled DJ, didn't he? <laughs> he did, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man, that's got to be... <laughs> that is the worst fucking... That's got to be up there, no? Um, Shit. That has to be the worst match of all time, man. I can't see that. Like That literally has to be the worst match ever. Johnny Saint, uh, he he came back and wrestled some motherfuckers in, um, in Chikara and shit. He was doing, like, Chikara matches, right? Yeah, probably. I don't know. That dude looked like a straight up like senior citizen, and he was out there. Yeah, I think uh, I would definitely say Demolition, Rock and Roll Express. I saw them like five, six years ago at PWS against the Briscoe Brothers. Uh, I, I mean, Terry Fungal. I mean, he's been at a ton of indie shows. But yeah, I would say Demolition and Rock and Roll Express, probably the oldest dudes. Uh, Virgil recently, I guess. I don't think. I mean, is he really that old? Probably. Is he? I don't know. Yeah, I guess Nikolai Volkov's older than fucking Virgil. Yeah. Yeah, I saw Iron Sheik as well at PWS. So I'd say Iron Sheik. Well, she couldn't really wrestle. It, be, like, it was announced as a wrestling match. Didn't end up being a wrestling match. Uh, it just kind of I mean, grappled for a second and just match just stopped. Manny Fernandez is still running around there, too. Yeah, he's got, I don't know, he's got some kind of skin condition or some shit going on. Yeah. But I mean, he he was. Yeah. And I mean, I don't even know how old uh, Georgie Animal Steel was when he stopped wrestling, but he was showing up at shows for a long fucking time. Yeah. Uh, Jake Roberts, I mean, he's still somewhat active on like PWS and shit like that. Yeah. Um, I think Warlord and Barbarian, they were, you know, they were still. I mean, they're still doing indies actually. Um, I think Barbarian <clears throat> and Meng. Uh, the faces of fear going going against like Nick Gage and Joey Janela. Yeah, <laughs> that's a thing that's happening. Uh, I'm kind of intrigued by that match. To be honest with you, I wouldn't mind seeing it. It's just I don't know. It's just mind boggling that that's happening. Yeah, I don't. I, I can't imagine how that's gonna go. Or yeah, uh, next one from uh, Graham. He asked about Pro Wrestling Syndicate. We've uh, discussed this on the past show a few weeks ago, so you can go check that out on the archives. Absolutely. Uh, he said, "Favorite worst Ian story." Uh, I'll, I'll let you do this because I mean you've had him on the show a couple times. I, I don't um, really know Ian at all. I mean, you know, the thing with with that. I mean, that question is, is leading in the direction of you know you want to hear like the shittiest thing Ian Rotten ever did and stuff. I mean, there's. There's a lot of people you can talk to that are going to tell you, you know, loads and loads of things. Me personally, I've had a great experience with Ian Rotten. Um, when I first started talking to Ian, it um, it came off the heels of the infamous uh, podcast that he was kind of, you know, tricked into doing. Well, you know, he was he was ambushed. You know, they had him call in, and then they had you know ten people lined up that hated him more than anything on the planet and had them just call in like rapid fire from Mickey Knuckles to uh, Billy Graham to, um, you know, to countless different people that would call in and just destroy him, just berate him and, and, you know, pick him apart on everything they had a problem with him. And he hung on the line the whole time. I still to this day will never know why because I don't think it, you know, changed a whole lot. It it surely made the show go on longer because the show – probably wouldn't have got as much attention if he hung up after the first call. Right. But um, he hung on, and after that, he wasn't going to ever do another podcast ever again. I asked him to come on, and um, I had no intention on doing that same thing to him. I, I legitimately wanted to pick his brain and interview him because, I mean, if you haven't seen the amount of stuff that indies, the independent 
scene has benefited from through Ian Rotten, then, I mean, you're really not paying attention. Um, you know, so I, I really wanted to talk to him. And it took, you know, because, you know, Drake Younger knows me well and a few other people who knows Ian. And uh, it took a couple other guys vouching for me to Ian in order for him to give me a shot and pretty much said, dude, I'm any crazy shit and I'm hanging up. And I said, you know, I have no intention on that. I talked to the guy for four hours and I've had him on a lot of times since. Um, I'm pretty much the go-to guy as far as, uh, you know, where he goes for a podcast. Um, and, you know, he'll do other stuff too now, but it's kind of because I helped regain his trust a little bit. And, you know, I mean, it's all the Ian Rotten stories about him beating people for money or, you know, not paying this guy or that guy. I mean, that's all well documented you like i said you can go so many places and hear that stuff but uh i'm probably not the guy to to ask uh, as far as like just you know good stories i mean even like the the brown recluse spider story where he he fucking did the tournament of death too with uh nick mondo in the finals and um you know the infamous come off the roof with zandig mondo went on to the finals to wrestle ian rotten that year that wasn't even the end of his day right and um you know, following that, that summer, he had a cage match with John Zandig and in Delaware and then uh, got bit by a brown recluse spider and almost died in the hospital. And, uh, you know, had the the nurses running in the room and staring at his forehead. <laughs> He's like, hey, you might want to tend to what's actually killing me. I know <laughs> that other stuff is pretty attractive, but uh, look, <laughs> you know, I got my arms going to fall off over here. So, I mean, just stuff like that. He's been through it. You know, it's pretty interesting to me. I thought it was cool, but uh. yeah. But uh, yeah, dude, that that interview is fucking brutal. It's like two and a half hours of just him just being fucking crucified, and it's, yeah, it's the worst. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I have no idea how he sat through that. Yeah, that guy's a dickhead. <laughs> fucking Jerry the Worm Wiseman, fucking asshole. Man, it seems like a dickhead. But uh, thoughts on CZW's current state from uh, Joseph S. I mean, we kind of went over that already. Thoughts on upcoming up, on point. I mean, I. I'm probably the wrong guy to ask that. Uh, you as well, I'm guessing. <laughs> I'm the second wrongest guy to ask that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, on point, look, here's my opinion on on point. I, I feel like the top three matches on their card are really good to great, and I think the rest of their card is, is just a shindy. I mean, you know, they run on a low budget. They run in a building that fits 150 people tops. They're not going for, you know, 1,000 fan-packed houses. So I understand, you know, why they run the way that they do. But um, that's, I mean, that's just my opinion on their company and the way that it runs. And, you know, if you wanted to go and tolerate whatever goes on on the early side, or maybe you're an easygoing fan and, you know, you kind of roll with the punches and just watch a show for whatever it is and it's not a big deal. Um, The top three matches should really you know wow you i mean you should be some really good shit on the end of that car that you're gonna like a lot you know nick gage versus scott summers was fantastic yeah yeah i mean i, I have a lot of respect for those on point guys just because um you know there's a there's a lot of shindies and and they are just absolutely terrible from from start to finish uh from what i've seen from on point it seems like everybody does give 100 so you know i'll definitely give them that um it's a company that i hear all, all good things about you know i just i for me, I, as long as I don't know a lot of the people on the card, it just kind of makes me like not watch it. You know what I mean? And um, with so much wrestling being out there, you just kind of have to pick and choose. But um, you know, I, I definitely recommend you know you guys check them out if it's your thing. But uh, next one, what do you think of a uh, hybrid wrestling and what to expect from Tremont versus Abyss uh, coming up? 
I guess July 28th, I believe. <clears throat> so, Matt Tremont against Abyss. I don't. What would you expect? Uh, it's it's going to be a fucking barbed wire match, I'm assuming. Um, in that building, they can't use any light tubes or fire or any kind of that shit like that. Uh, I would definitely expect some nails. You know, he's got that whole... Uh, what's that weapon called that he uses? Lucille, I think. Yeah, some shit like that. Yeah, um, I think it's Lucille. No? I definitely, it's not. It's not Lucille. It I, don't know, Jan- I don't know what is it, it is. Is it Janice? What? Janice. Yeah, yeah, Janice. Janice. What? I know it was a broad's yeah. name. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, I mean, you'll, you'll expect some nails. What the fuck some- is Lucille, then? Are those, like, BB <laughs> King's never guitar? Lucille. Who the fuck is Lucille? I think that was BB King's guitar. I don't know why I would even... <laughs> I think it is BB King's guitar. What the, what the fuck, man? Fucking Lucille. Abyss BB King? What the fuck is the difference? <laughs> yeah, you know what? Abyss might be BB King under that fucking mask. That Lucille. That would be You know, you stop great. seeing somebody, they might be a masked wrestler now. That'd be great, Lucille. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm expecting a good match, though. I mean, that show is gonna be a, it's gonna be a decent show. I definitely, I'll be there myself, so I'll uh, give a full blown review when that show is done. But definitely check them out, Hybrid, um, Eddie Stone, PA. Uh, it's gonna be July 28th, and um, you got a ton of good shit going on. So my money's on BB King. <laughs> BB King, BB King's going over. <laughs> Uh, all right, last question. I know this is uh, something <laughs> I mean, it's between you and the guys, so we'll get <laughs> to this. Uh, Anthony Alston asked on the Facebook, does taking pictures shows uh, with your phone officially make you one of the boys? Man, um, th- this whole thing is just fucking hilarious to me. You know, I covered it in great detail on my show when I buried him months ago. Apparently, he didn't hear that because it was new information to him that we even had a problem. Um I guess Matt Wolf is having problems with um, Hamhead. So they're feuding, and that's, I guess, causing other people to comment on it. And right. someone uh, had posted, you know, I didn't know that there were indie photographer wars or something like that. And I hate a lot of these fucking indie photographers. So um, I just to clear my side of things, I said, uh, for the record, I'm not an indie photographer. Um, uh, but I do hate a few of them personally, non-photography related. And then I said, but Matt Wolf and I tagged them sucks cock at taking pictures. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> obviously that's going to get to him because I fucking tagged him. Um, so there was no, you know, I, I wanted him to know that. Um, so <laughs> I go about my business, you know, I'm doing my, my normal thing, whatever. And, uh, you know, I mean, this this dude, you know, the thing is, is, you know, by the end of that conversation, everybody, you know, that read that, you know, I obviously come off looking like the uh, the aggressor in that. But for a while, you know, a while back, even though he acts like he has no idea whatever happened, he went on like every single page that would ever mention my name and then just start calling me an asshole and a dickhead and fuck me and this and this. And the guy's a piece of shit. And, and the big, big um end game for me was I shot the Jersey All Pro um, anniversary show which you know I've always been invited to shoot these Jersey All Pro shows this isn't a thing where I'm my ambition is to be a ringside photographer despite what people think I, I have no jealousy I have no hopes to shoot any show like offer me like a show next week and I'm not gonna do it um, offer me the Onita show and I'm not gonna do it I don't want to do it I don't want to be at a wrestling show 
um, maybe a, a Jersey All Pro show in the future or something. But you know, I was offered to do it. I'm friends with Pierre. Frank was always really good to me, so that was the reason I did it. Anyway, I did the Jersey All Pro show, and Matt Wolf is you know creeping around the building, a little rodent he is, and um, Hamhead's wife is there, and she's sitting a couple rows up from my wife and kids. And I didn't know this until after the show was over. It would have been a whole different scenario if and it was because she knew better than to tell me during the show. Um, but my wife tells me after the show that this little scunge ball fucking goes up there and he's talking. At, <laughs> this uh, He goes up there. I, just, I think I made that word up just now. Uh, he, he, uh, he went up there and he's telling uh He's telling Hamhead's wife, yeah, J-Cat, that little, that dirty motherfucker looking down there. Yeah, yeah, that fucking guy, fuck him and this and this and this. And, like, he's sitting, like, a couple rows back from my wife and kids. Like, had my kids heard this, I, I'm telling you, like, it, it would be a bad fucking situation. And, and I'm not, you know, just saying this to be some kind of tough guy or anything like that. But there's only so far you can go. And you're not going to have people, like, talking shit about, you know someone's family around their family like there's a certain point where you're crossing the line and you're walking on real dangerous ground and that's what he was doing and little did he know i heard about all of it so that just set me at the point where like look i'm not attending shows i'm not looking to fight anybody i don't give a fuck what this guy does with his life but if i ever see his name somewhere i'm gonna openly say fuck him and make sure he hears me i mean i don't like there's nothing that he can do to me so i mean that's kind of where i was at with that um, and then I'm sitting there, I'm watching gremlins for like the millionth time because I, I have a tattoo coming up. So I was trying to get screenshots of stripe for my tat. And all of a sudden I get a instant message. You have a message request from Matt Wolf. And this dude starts off with, you have some nerve. <laughs> and, and, and he goes, I never had a problem with you. And I'm like, Oh, so what? <laughs> so, I mean, it it was just bizarre to me. You know, he starts going down the road. Uh, I miss you with the shows. And it's like, <laughs> hold the fuck on. Like, dude, we haven't spoke two words to each other other than you bashing me on the Internet. <laughs> I miss you. And me getting to the point where I want to rip your fucking dirty head off. But I'm not because there's, you know, uh, fucking laws and shit against that. Um, I, I just, you know, and then at that point I was just, you know, once we got past the, yeah, I don't like you. It just started to be fun. So I'm like laughing hysterically while I'm fucking trying to fucking pause the screen on Stripe when they're in the bar and he shoots the fucking other gremlin. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I'm just laughing hysterically. And I'm telling Nina, like, can you believe this motherfucker is still messaging me? <laughs> like, he just, he's still going. So uh, apparently when I told him, he said, uh, you know, haters like me are just going to keep driving him. And I told him, I hope he drives off a bridge. That's when I finally offended him. He said, wow, goodbye. So that, that was that. I mean, I don't know. There, there's some tremendously delusional things in there to the point where, like, even reading back, like, I started to have to remind myself why he pissed me off because I started to feel bad. I'm like, oh, man, like, maybe I shouldn't have said all of that. And then I'm, I'm like, yeah, this fucking kid was talking all this shit, like, right behind my fucking children. Like, yeah, okay, I'm glad I said all that. I should have said more. So... It is what it is. You know, it's it's not some some long running shit that I'm really hung up on. It just kind of fell in my lap and I had no point. I had no choice but to just, I guess, have fun with it. Yeah. I think I think the best part is uh, 
insane that he's going worldwide because he's <laughs> taking these pictures at these indie shows. There was so much good about it. I mean, I, I asked him if he could fit that red camera up his asshole, and he responded with, I actually got a new one. <laughs> I, I, didn't I didn't know what to that, do with that. I didn't see that one. I didn't even know what to do with that. I was like, <laughs> I, I was going to like, well, can you fit that one in your asshole? Like, but... I was just like, let's leave this fucking kid alone for the most part. And every time I would stop, I'd get another fucking message. Like, you're just jealous because I'm worldwide and you're stuck being a fan. And I'm like, well, got to respond now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I put my phone down and then it fucking lit up again. It's like, so, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, he's a dirty ass kid. And, you know, the thing is, is, you know, people like the mono let him in the, um, let him within the guardrails. DJ let him in within the guardrails. I think like a, a sh- like maybe a show or two. DJ wisened up to that, and that stopped, I believe. He was still uh, a TOD, man. Hmm? He was still a TOD. Yeah. I don't know if it's it's like a monthly thing, or maybe that was just a deathmatch thing. I don't know. Um, the Jersey All-Pro thing, 100% was because Pierre wasn't there. That's That was Steve Mack being a nice guy to him, and... You know, look, I'm I'm not the politic guy. I'm not like fucking Danny DeMano that tells me he's going to make sure I'm not shooting ringside. You know, the time that I actually still shot ringside. Um, but it's it's ridiculous. No one respects his work. You know, there's been I'm not going to put everybody on blast either, but there's been very, very nice people within the business that have have shit on that kid. You know, people who you never hear a bad word about, you never hear say bad words about anyone shit on that kid. And even Danny DeMano, who has let him within the guardrails, is taking just random ass shots and calling him a joke and this and that on Facebook. So (laughs) it is what it is. I mean, if you still take yourself super seriously after that and think that, you know, you're really a big deal, then I I guess I'll just have at it, man. Good. Yeah, I think the mono thing that, that really caught me off guard, that shit was hilarious. He, uh, he posted a picture of him uh, losing like 200 pounds over the last two years or whatever the case may be. And um, I guess Lal, the photographer from CZW, said, oh, I never realized you were that big. Um, and then he said, oh, it must be my old age. You know, I've, I forgot a lot over the years. And then Danny DeMonto replies with, what you've forgotten about over the years is what Matt Wolf will never get to know. And uh, the kid just comments like, what? It just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Shits on it. Now, about that picture. Now, if you lost a ton of weight, would you pick a before picture that not only did you look fat, but also retarded? Probably. Because, I mean, <laughs> there's no way his face doesn't look special needs in that fucking picture. There's no fucking way. <laughs> yeah. I, everybody I send it to, LOLs. I, I, there's no fucking way. Everyone <laughs> I send it to. Oh, Jesus. But, uh, yeah, this whole Matt Wolf thing, though. <laughs> Going worldwide, I think that was that was definitely one of the highlights of that. That fucking... Shaheen's two, two good friends with, with GCW to these comments. <laughs> like, yeah, well, whatever, bro. I I hear that. <laughs> yeah, but, uh... <laughs> what else we got from uh from, from the Matt Wolf thing? There was something else that he said that was absolutely fucking delusional. That was, that was you know... He Wait, said some kind of crazy shit about... Uh, marks that are watching him take pictures yeah, like, and watching wrestlers use the shit that he builds or something. And I'm like, <laughs> what? The, who the fuck are you even talking to? Like, dude, I don't even attend shows. You think I'm jealous of weapons that you're building? What the fuck are you talking about? 
I mean, your world is crazy. I don't know what the fuck. It, and he, he's a worker, and he's working a show, and I, it's uh, okay. All right, I have at it. Well, I mean, I think- dude, he's gonna offend so many people just being just existing at shows that it, it, it has nothing to do with me anymore. I mean, this is just this is he's carrying around such tremendous delusions that he's gonna run into a lot of walls of disappointment. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, one last thing that I got is uh, Jim Cornette was on Twitter. I don't know if you saw this. He hates uh, him too. <laughs> he hates that one. Fuck. <laughs> Never ends for this kid. Uh, so uh, one of the one of the Jim Cornette fans asked the question. Said, "I have a question. If someone bought IWA Mid South from uh, Ian Rotten and decided to clean it up, a la DJ Hyde did for CCW, would Jim work for IWA Mid South?" And uh, Jim Cornette responded with saying, uh, you think CZW has been cleaned up. You can't pick up a turd by the clean end. CZW, IWA, hardcore wrestling shit equals shit. Um, do you think uh, DJ High has cleaned up CZW? Because a lot of when I posted this, uh, some people were like, oh, DJ High didn't clean it up. And I think if you can give one guy credit for cleaning it up, it's probably him. That's well, <sighs> It really depends on what you're looking at. I mean, from Jim Cornette's perspective, no. Like, he's not he's not into the product as a whole. Like, even, like, having a tournament of death or having a cage of death, that doesn't fall into Cornette's wheelhouse of something that he respects. So, I mean, I can't even speak within that realm because, of course not. It's not going to fuck. But as far as the company becoming um, cleaner, um, the problem I'm having with that is when you go by the wayside of safety, when you throw safety out the window and fans are now more at risk than they were when you were doing 200 like two matches and, you know, that kind of crazy shit. Fans bring the weapons matches with the fucking Necro Butcher thrown around and the fans were still safer then than they are now. I don't know that that makes the company cleaner. I mean, you could knock a couple a couple death matches off your to-do list you can try to focus on you know more i guess wrestling but i can never even say that because best of the best started long before dj hyde so um i I don't know i I wouldn't side with that opinion i mean it's changed i don't think it's changed for the better and overall cleaner is definitely not the the word i would use like i said it's um it's not as safe for the fans as far as death matches go and even, you know, spots go. Their security is all students now and students who aren't even looking at the fucking action. I mean, they're just dreaming about the day that they're going to be in the ring rather than actually doing their job. So I don't know about cleaner. Yeah. I think I think you can say cleaner as far as, you know, toning down the ultraviolence. I mean, obviously, but as far as safer, yeah, probably. Well, the other thing is as far as cleaner... um, I would I have the clip somewhere because I had to cut it. It was so fucking funny. And um I man, I have to resurrect that, especially with all this shit going on now. I believe it was two years ago at the whatever the fuck they call that, um WrestleMania weekend show. Yeah. It was it was either two years ago or three years ago. And whatever they did that WrestleMania weekend show, um he DJ was trying to be cool, so he was doing like the curse to be cool thing. And he said, You know, this is CZW, we do whatever we want, we say whatever we want. And he points at some chick in the front, he goes, I can call this bitch a cunt. <laughs> 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 
I swear to God, that was his fucking sentences. I can call this bitch a cunt. (laughs) And, you know, for stuff like that, no, I don't don't think it's a cleaner company because they didn't exactly sanitize things or try to be PC or, you know, uh, it's just they're they're tweaking it a little bit this way, but not that way. You know what I mean? Like where one thing looks pretty fucking safe. You look the other way, and it's like, well, that that doesn't look quite right, you know. So, um, I don't know. I, I mean, to each their own. I just don't. I don't see it that way. Yeah, I hear that. But uh, Jay, you got anything else that uh, we may have missed? Um, no, trying to think. Uh, we we're through all of our questions. Yeah, I believe so. All the questions. All right. Um. Well, we I mean we definitely have the deathmatch Russell podcast to get into. Yeah, we can we can get into the DMR. Yeah. Uh yeah, we can definitely do that. But um real quick, <clears throat> one thing about uh evolution, I, I will say, uh I'll give Shane Strickland credit, man. That was a fucking incredible match. Um and I've never doubted uh-huh. the guy in the ring. I just I've hated the gimmick. But uh it was a good match though, I'll I'll give him that. And then Davey Richards, I think it was interesting at the end. Basically saying like like he doesn't get paid much at all at C Z W. He came out and he was like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't do this for the money at all. I'm, I'm like rich as fuck, you know. I'm just coming here because I like these guys and I like working with them. Believe me, believe me, it's not for the money tonight." Just <laughs> <laughs> like, "All right, <laughs> did you get paid or are you just doing a like? What the fuck is going on here?" But uh, it was a good match though, man. I, I'd like to see more of uh, Davy Richards and CZW. I hope he's at the um, once in a lifetime show. Um, we'll see what happens. But Evolution was actually uh, it was a good fucking show um, from. The second half, I would say, the first half, though, was garbage. I mean, uh, all the corporate gimmicks they're doing now, dude, I, that is fucking, it reminds me of, like, uh, Sozio's little uh, group that he had. What were they called? The, the, the firm? The front. The front. The, yeah, man, I'm not, I, I didn't, I never liked none of that shit. Um, I don't know if Claxton is, like, in a, in a faction with the Dub Boys now or not, but they're all kind of doing the same gimmick, coming in, in suits. Corporate and oh, really? yeah, dude, I'm not, I'm not feeling it. They're the Fed, I think. Yeah, something right. Like that. The Fed. It, it's just weird to me, man, because like you know, DJ Hyde and uh, whoever else is in charge of CZW. I'm so confused now because every month is changing. Now there's somebody being added. Uh, but like you know, like the reaction that Connor Claxton got at TOD, and to you know, after that, just like be like, oh, okay, so the fans hate this guy. Let's capitalize on. On that and, and and make them hate him more, but I think they got the wrong sense of hate. Like it's not the type of hate that you want. It's not a heelish hate. It's just like I I don't want to see this dude. You know, right. and I want to see him less now that he's in a fucking suit. You know, going against ultra violence and like throwing his wrench in the trash can. Anything I, I kind of did like about the guy before, you just took that away. So now I just really don't like the guy. You know. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you had to throw the wrench in the garbage to, you know, make a point or whatever. But I don't know that the, the actual wrench was that much of a fan favorite anyway. I mean, they chanted it because that was the thing. But I don't think it. I mean, did you ever like, holy shit, he's got the wrench again. Like, Not so much just that he had the wrench, but it represented that, you know, he was like a like, yeah. hardcore guy, whatever the case is. So him throwing that away basically says that. You know, I'm not doing this ultra violence anymore, which is all people pretty much liked him for. You know, it wasn't like he's a tremendous wrestler or anything. And the gimmick is, is absolute trash. You know, I mean, how many dudes have done the corporate gimmick? You know, it's been done to death and, and seen it like done this way. It's it's not interesting to say at least at all. Yeah. And the dope boys are garbage. So. <laughs> yeah, complete trash. 
I give him more credit than you do, but yeah, it is what it is. I wasn't, I wasn't a fan of that at all. But uh, Boxman, you got a, uh, you got the Deathmatch Russell podcast, from, uh, which you can check out on Spree. Well, while he gets that together, um, I was thinking about it, and you know, the more that the old CZW is talked about, the more you know, it wasn't that long ago, but you end up coming off like an old timer. And I started to think, like, maybe I should go into reminiscing about old CZW like an old man. Yeah. So <laughs> so I figure out, you know, just just reminisce a little bit about some, some old CZW. Back in my day, CZW used to be about violence. We used to go down to the old soccer arena, champ soccer arena. Not champs in the mall where the kids would play and they go to the... We would go to the soccer arena and there would be violence. There would be violence and riots and wild parties. We would go down there. There was enough as enough was the show. I had enough. That was pretty much all I needed. We went down there. They had chairs. They had a hate club. They had Nick Gage, the wife beater. They had Ruckus and Trenacid in a match. Later in that show, they had John Zandig came out there throwing chairs and he told the he told the fans, you throw the chairs, just keep throwing the chairs. We had a good time. We were throwing the chairs in the ring, throwing them, throwing them. Finally, the chairs were all in the ring, and he set them on fire. It was a good time. Bye. It's not the same as it was back then. No, that's uh, a... That, <laughs> That was very good. You sound a little uh, mashugana. You should go get a bagel after that. Um, <laughs> a bagel and some locks and a Sometimes shmia. that's that's the feeling you get when you uh, when you reminisce about CCW. It's like it's not like it was. Move on. We've evolved. It's another era. It's a new. It's a new age. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta fall into that. Uh, you know, <laughs> fall into the past. <laughs> Fall into the past. Enough yeah. is enough was that show. That was a uh, story time with Grandpa Jay. There you go. <laughs> he slipped back into old man mode to real quick. He was like, he uh, yeah. Uh, pass. Oh, yeah. Suddenly he got Alzheimer's. <laughs> no, <I didn't. laughs> yep. That was Good Grandpa, time. Grandpa, so, you still the there? Deathmatch Russell podcast happened again. <laughs> yes. That's, that's yes. going to be happening forever, hopefully. Right. I, uh... Yeah. FYI, I had this loaded up when you guys started the show. Uh, it's all good. I had okay. to fit that in there somewhere. All right. Uh, I mean, let me see here. Hold on here. You've got uh, your names are one of the greatest. So here we go. <laughs> I tried to be accurate. Yes. Here we go. Uh, we're starting with heat stroke. Yes. Let's just leave it at that and let the gold speak for itself. Mm -hmm. Here we go. You know what, John? Also, don't got to remember. I mean, like I was saying earlier to you, uh, that you know, I uh, I actually fainted. I was getting heat stroke. I was actually getting. Mm -hmm. a, I had a heat stroke, and the, you know, the staff was worried about me. They didn't know. You know, I roughed it out. Right. I was gonna get sent to the hospital. I was like, no, no, no. I don't want that. I can suck it up and suck it up, and I made it to the last match. You know, and that's that was like oh, I cannot miss the. John being king, you know, of the death matches. This was like, I got to watch this Matt Tremont and him going at it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the war story of, like, I almost died, and I toughed it out. 
I fucking, they wanted me to go to the hospital. The funniest thing about that is Jeremy was his ride for that. And Jeremy told me, me that he wanted to go to the hospital. And they had to talk him down because they didn't want to leave the fucking show that they just drove 13 hours to be at. Right. <laughs> and they had to talk him off the edge because he was in the, at, the, at that, that year, they ran in the gay bar. So he was laying on the pretty much passed out in the gay bar with fucking heat stroke. And they had to like talk him into feeling better so he could watch the rest of the fuck the show. So but that was a good time. If you listen I think to this uh, poor, I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Ahead, it, no, no, if if you listen to the poor guy, he sounds like he's about to have heat stroke when he's talking. He's right there. He breathes really hard. When it, yeah, struggle's real, man. <laughs> He's very anxious. Uh, I almost had heat stroke. I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's so excited to tell people anything. But um, if anyone doesn't know who he's talking to, um, John Gray, he's a ref. He's ref for um, IWA Mid-South for a long time. Um, he's run a podcast. He's done a you know a couple different things. So um, that that's who he's talking to anyway. So you know who's on the other end of that but uh god all right um boy the name of this is fitting for this show uh ian's brother axel right yeah and again let the gold flow people here we go always from day one you know with his right. with his brother you know with his brother you know god rest his yeah, soul absolutely. you know absolutely. i've never seen you know i've never seen i i never met i and you know, at a show, I've seen him. He come would come to like local shows in the town, but I never see him. You know what I mean? But Axel would always be around. You know, for ECW and other little promotions here and there. You know, right. on the East Coast. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, have you met Ian's brother Danny Chehas by any chance? Ian. He's like the first time he said it, which we didn't play. But the first time he said it, he said Ian. And there was like a bunch of bullshit in between, so I didn't want to cut the giant clip. But he uh, he said Ian first, and then the next two times he said Ian. And you'll see in the next clip that he uh, he goes like, I don't know. Why do you keep saying Ian? Like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, no, no, I said Axel. So, yeah, it's good uh, times. Um, his brother, and it's his brother, clearly. Like, we're not even going to correct him on that. Like, he's just, you know, his brother. Yeah. Rest, rest his soul. Yo, I was... Uh... <laughs> I was surprised when you mentioned Axel and you said, you know, rest his soul. You didn't come and follow it with, oh, whatever happened to that guy? Yeah, whatever happened to that guy? <laughs> Excellent. He told him, for the record, he told the Balls Mahoney in the dollar store story again Did he? Okay. in this show, in its entirety. Just to confirm it, he has told the story again and again. Yes. Oh 42 shows, 42 times. We didn't cut that, so don't worry. We're not going to keep playing the same story. Yeah. Fucking guys like the Don Tony of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's go on to the next clip. Okay, uh, he pretty much said it. We're more iron. Here we go. Actually, I did see. It. I remember Axel Rotten came to our town. Came to oh, where the heck was it? Rawway, New Jersey, for a Jersey All Pro Show, and he he wrestled a young guy named Danny Demonto, who's pretty good on the indie scene. Was good on the indie yeah. scene in a hardcore match. And he took, and and I and took, took I like a, a, I guess a DVD player. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know why. Where do you get I? No, I no no. I said Axel. 
<laughs> used to be a wrestler. Shit. Used to be a wrestler. This guy's like fucking uh, Jimmy Two Times from uh, fucking Goodfellas. I'm gonna go get the papers. Get the papers. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Uh-huh. Did you ask yeah. him for any questions? No, he didn't get a chance to watch. I think we're at the last three clips, right? Yes. This is all him trying to end the show. <laughs> this is fucking fantastic. This is cool. And it's separated by several minutes because the fucking phone keeps hanging up. Yeah. <laughs> watch, watch. This is so great. Hanging up is what you're saying? It, <laughs> whatever the fuck happens. Yeah. Happens. Basically, the dude hung up. <laughs> <laughs> watch how awesome this is. Okay. Let me uh, unmute, and here we go. Oh, by the way, this is called Oh No. <laughs> Just but then I became friends with Balls Mahoney for quite some time, and you know, through the years, we you know we were friends for a long time. I oh, always cool. loved him, you know, loved him. Go to shows. What a what a, you what know. a great worker he was. Yes, um, and actually, him and John, you know, him and John and Chris Candido, of course, you know, yeah. two best buddies right there, you know. Yeah. Whatever happened yeah. to him? <laughs> now, they're, now they're up there turning it together. <clears throat> yeah, they are. With the, with the likes of Randy Savage and yeah, uh, a lot of others, Dusty Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Wait, I, I just want everyone to know: I'm still playing the show as of right this moment. <laughs> it's, it's still just... playing. <laughs> That's a great part. Fifty-four, fifty-five, fifty-six. No explanation. 57, <laughs> like, hold on. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, oh, we can no. more or less talk through the breaks that he creates and not stop playing it. <laughs> How long is it? I'm, I'm uh, the 05, 06. I mean, I'm yeah. just silence. <laughs> you know, you can't edit podcasts before you upload them. It's fucking crazy. It's, it's unbelievable. Thing. And you watch the next thing that happens, it sounds like fucking aliens are invading because that's the phone ringing, I guess, but... The shit sounds crazy. Like, what the fuck is that noise? Yeah, oh, he's, he's calling him back. It, it's got like a like a VU bar, like a meter bar on a speaker, and you should see. There's just like a moment of silence, and then a sound, and then a silent sound, silence, 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 silence. sound, sound, yeah. sound, sound. Those are his attempts. Yeah, that's that's, that's the theme of the podcast, man. It's silent sound, silent sound. <laughs> All right, let me go to. Uh, yeah, might as well skip forward. His, his silence is too long to wait. I, I, I can't even do it. I, this is still the show. This is, <laughs> this is the show. <laughs> That's the best part. This is the actual show. We didn't stop it. It's, <laughs> this is what you get. You know? All right. I'm, I'm back to where there's Fucking some sound. There's, okay. There's a Dude, big... There, there's speak. a big jump in the sound right here in this moment. <laughs> yeah, there is. All right, here we go. It's, this one's just uh-huh. simply labeled, oops. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Got to do that. Got to do it. Well, John, I appreciate having you on my show. studying hard and, and trying to go to school, so, yeah. you know, she's got some free time. I like to try to spend it. Yeah, I appreciate having you on my show, John, and we'll, we'll catch up, and I'll, I'll talk to you again, and we'll do a recap after the uh, show. How's that? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to come back on right after. Oops. 
And I mean, there is no reason to go forward after this and call the guy back. I mean, there is like another two words left for you to end the show. Yes, thank you. No fucking reason. And I'm like, what is that sound jump again later on? Tell me this fucking guy called him back. We're going to have one more time. Sure enough. No. Stay with us. He actually called him back after that? He called him back. Just to say it's goodbye. It's like a prank call where you think, like, <laughs> they're like, you call me back again and I'll fucking kill you. And it's like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm about a minute past where you told me. Th- this has been playing the whole time you've been talking, his show. Right. Yes, yes. So uh, That's why it's fantastic. You know, sometimes silence. What you hear in silence sometimes is beautiful. And I think that's what he's working with here. He's kind of yeah. going for a poetic sort of thing with the silence. Yeah. It's yeah. an artistic yeah. statement. Yeah. When you hear, like, you know, some people post pictures, and like, you can see it here, a pin drop here. And mm. they, they they glorify that. So people yeah. like David decide he'll add that to his podcast. Yeah. How peaceful is that? It's a thing. It's a little bit of silence. <laughs> It's a peaceful God. moment in the Russell podcast. That's a big break of silence right there. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's like five minutes at a time sometimes, man. Uh, this is about almost six minutes long. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck goes on in his brain when he goes just like, yeah, just I'll put the phone down and walk the dog? Uh, all right. At least you got to like... like... You know, let people know, like, I, this show is going to continue. <laughs> like, I'll be, I'll be back. I'll, I'll be you don't back. even tell people. That might not be over. Thanks for staying on and listening. Six minutes of silence, you know. I'm back. never an apology. Yeah. Explanation. <laughs> nothing. All right. Shit uh, should we just go to the last one now? We have to. It's, it's, it's over a minute long. Yeah. I yeah, have to. It's, it's called One Last Try. <laughs> <laughs> because he had to call him back to fucking wrap this up so for what reason don't do that to say thank oh, you thank you bye click oh, oh okay. shit why the fuck would you do that here we go <laughs> oh sorry I had it muted still here we go there's the alien noise <laughs> okay he's ringing ringing <laughs> what <Whoops>. silence <laughs> fuck that you gotta stop with the silence dude dude this this clip's supposed to go for over a minute i mean they, they're well, take a minute to get to it hold on there's a... whoa hey john i knew we were getting ready to say goodbye when the phones were cutting off once again <laughs> he's leaving a voicemail Yeah, I can hear you, Johnny. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I kept going to your voicemail. Yeah, I can hear you. It kept going to your voicemail when I was calling your other number. Yeah, I know. It says my sim, sim, no sim signal. I don't know what that means, but whatever. No sim. <laughs> but anyway, all right, John. I want to thank you for being on my Deathmatch Russell podcast, and we'll we'll do a follow up. How's that after the tournament in September? How's that? Come back on right after our way. What the fuck is going on? All right, John. Thank you for being on, and you have a good night. <laughs> uh, you too. Thanks so much, Yep. Fucking guy was still talking, you dipshit. I want to thank my guest. Uh, oh, I got to lift this. The ref, the deathmatch ref, John the ref. Gray. 
for being on the Deathmatch Russell podcast tonight. As we were talking about VOW. That happens in September. Lord of Anarchs. Okay, it happened when? It happens in September. He keeps counting down the days. He's like, 52 days until the fucking show. It's oh. like, fucking shit, get a hobby. Jeez. I'm surprised they didn't give him a shirt. He usually sends him a shirt. No, yeah. man, I don't give a fuck. I'll just send you one, bro. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't even fuck. give a fuck. I just buy shirts. <laughs> oh, I'm like, God. I'm like, whatever. Oh, Jesus. All right, well, uh, I think that, that about wraps it up. <laughs> Can't go anywhere else. From... I mean, do you, do you guys just want to stay on the line, not say anything for about five minutes, and then you can call me back? I I can't bring myself to keep recording. I, I can't even. I'm just like, I have to click stop recording. I can't do it. Can't, well, but, I mean... but, yeah, we can do that. We can do that. I mean, yeah, yeah. Great silence I mean, or something. The yeah, best yeah, is, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> he's, he's he's signing off, and the guy is still like trying to plug his stuff, and he's just like, "Yeah, man, great." I know, dude. And, uh, I know. Uh, uh, so September twenty nine, dude. I know, I know. Yeah, motherfucker, you know. They don't. <laughs> I'm trying to plug it. They had ninety five percent of a, a sign off done. It cut off, and he calls him back to now have the worst reception. Of their entire interview <laughs> for a final sign off. <laughs> it's like, holy shit. You guys wanna hear how the phone rings and voicemail works and then really bad reception? Because that's what I do for my listeners. I make sure that you get the whole spectrum of what could happen on the phone. Yeah, if you have any uh, questions about Snapchat. Yeah, he didn't even get to ask him if he had any questions for him because. <laughs> Oh, it just it was a rough ending Fuck yeah me. the gimmick is broken now dude no it'll be back next week okay yeah, good, good, good good he's I'm, got I'm... uh drew uh chahos on monday he does that really? that's gonna be interesting drew chahos himself chahos oh, I, I think he said one time a... too chahos 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 and then he'll get chaos on the fourth uh, time. you always gotta get like a pause like a drew <laughs> drew <laughs> Ch- 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 uh, chahos God damn it, King! There's chaos in the ring everywhere. They're busted wide open. It's chaos. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that said, we'll be back uh, next Sunday, same time, eight thirty p.m. Eastern time, uh, right here at mixo.com/slash tht podcast. Definitely subscribe to blogtalkradio.com/slash yakuza on iTunes. There's a little symbol for uh, the iTunes on the right side. Uh, subscribe to that. Subscribe to the THD podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, and we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.